0: Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless, and welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey, let's talk about fixed wireless access. Let's do a fixed wireless access overview. So with fixed wireless, there's a lot of questions, right? I mean, there's a lot of questions that people just don't understand because in our industry, it's fairly new. For instance, what is fixed wireless access? Do we really know what what we mean by that? And I'm going to explain it here. So don't worry. I mean, <laughs> we're going to get into that. But I just want to go over what is FWA. I'm going to call it FWA just because it's quicker. What's the future of fixed wireless? Will FWA replace FTTH? FTTH is fiber to the home. Will FWA replace FTX fiber to the anything? Uh, will the carriers roll out FWA to compete with the cable companies? Because right now I'd say the cable companies have a corner in the market. Now the telecom company, uh, When let's, I'll back up. Sorry, when I say market, I mean, internet access to the home, to the consumer, to the customer, to the business owner. That's what I'm talking about here. We have to really think about what new services the carriers are going to add here in the next year or two. I know we often talk about, you know, mobility with the carriers, but they want to get into new markets because obviously they have to drive more revenue. Uh, the The carrier market's becoming very competitive. Uh Mostly thanks to T-Mobile and I guess to Sprint, but T-Mobile has really driven the cost down. Got rid of contracts, unlimited plans, things like that. See, the carriers always had a way to make extra money. Do you remember when you had to pay roaming charges? A lot of extra money on your bill. Do you? And I remember because I had to pay roaming charges. <laughs> Then when texting came, they limited the number of texts you could have a month. Remember that? If you had over 100 or 200 texts, you paid some ridiculous amount per text. Now it's unlimited because that's what the market drove. Then it was data. You know, you still pay for data. You know, They want to limit your data. They want to cap it. So a company like T-Mobile said, we'll give you unlimited data because that's how they compete in the market. And quite frankly, when the carrier side... It's a lot of effort to limit data and track data. It just is. And I don't know if the payback was really there, but it was a big hassle to keep that in the bill. So what they do now is they're coming out with these unlimited plans, and it's only going to get more unlimited. The cable companies tried to limit data. They try to choke data, limit your bandwidth, which they do. They do that pretty much through the cable modem, if I'm correct. But um, the reality is even they know you can't compete. And what I did in this blog, which is called Fixed Wireless Access Overview, is I I showed you what I get with my cable modem and speed tests. I have Comcast where I live. And I got to tell you, I know we all hate Comcast as far as TV service, because the TV packages, in my opinion, are pretty crappy. I I can't really get what I want. I pay a lot of money for these stupid shows. I don't watch a lot of TV. My wife likes it. She likes her shows. I like movies. I I, I got to be honest with you. I maybe watch an hour of TV a day tops, if that. On the weekends, I might watch a movie, you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday. I really like movies. But I do need the Internet access. It's not like I can live without Xfinity. I do need the uh, the Internet. I need it for work. I need it for everything I do. You know, I got like three or four side jobs. I have a full-time job, and I work mostly from home. And I got to tell you, Comcast, you know, I have maybe two three days where I don't get internet a year. In my opinion, that's really reliable. Uh, you know, it compares with what the phone service has for years. And I get, I mean, I did a test in there. If you get in the blog, Fixed Wireless Access Overview on Wade 4 Wireless, that's W-A-D-E, the number four wireless. If you get on there, you'll see I get 67.3 megabits per second down And I get 11.9 megabits per second up. I posted it in there. Did a screen capture, put it on there. I got to tell you, I'm really happy with that. I mean, it would be nice to have more, but at this time, I really don't need more. That serves me fine. The carriers want to get in on this market. The carriers understand that there's really no competition. If you have cable, like I don't have a choice. It's Comcast or nothing. You know, I mean, I could get DSL. And I've I have a friend that has DSL and it's way slower. They don't offer FIOS or Uverse or any competition to Comcast in this area. So I'm sort of stuck. I mean I for TV I could get direct TV. That's what a lot of people do in this area. They'll get internet through Comcast and they'll get um like direct TV or something. But there's no competition for internet. I mean Comcast really corners the market. Not blaming them. It's just the way it is. It's the way the whole thing was set up. It's the way the government allowed it to happen. I I know I keep I shouldn't bring it back to the government, but they say they want competition, and yet they allowed these dominant cable companies to come in an area and have an entire sector. And I get it. Cable companies had a business plan, and they were able to get away with it, and they were able to do it. Plus, it would have been more wiring to your house. You know, you had the phone company. I guess they thought the phone company would rise up and compete. And I'm going to tell you DSL doesn't compete at all. We have copper to the house. It just doesn't seem to do as much as say the uh, what the, the cable companies can do with their RG6. It's amazing, really. But I'm not overly complaining here. I'm just stating a fact. You know, there's no competition to Comcast. The phone companies, instead of stepping up, stepped away. Really, and so I see it. Uh, they had DSL. Was very expensive. Wasn't cost effective. And they didn't make it easy to put in. Whereas, I have to give the cable companies credit. You can get your own cable modem if you want, or you can use theirs. You can put your own cable modem in, and as long as you have connectivity, they can turn everything up remotely. Now, I am gonna be honest with you about that too. I do it like I just moved here like four or five years ago. You know, I had problems setting it up. <laughs> it didn't come right up here. There were problems with the cabling and so on. They had to come out and help, and they did and they got paid for it, but it was still cheaper than, say, getting DSL in because it's a lot of money. But in theory, you're supposed to be able to plug and play. I think that's where we're headed. Now, I know I got off on a tangent there, and I am sorry, but that's just sort of how I feel. I know it's not top of the show, but I would like to thank my sponsors here. I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro. TowerTrackerPro.com. They have a software as a service that is a closeout package that will walk you through your closeout process while you're at the site. So the climber to site and the ground guide to site can walk through all the questions, answer them one by one. They can take all the pictures, take them one by one with all the data in them. You know, they have to have all the metadata, the GPS data and so on in the pictures. They can do all that. And then what they can do before they leave the site is upload it to the cloud And someone back at the office can review everything to make sure the pictures are clear, make sure they have the serial numbers they want, make sure they have the right numbers written down. Because listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I look at those radio heads, they have numbers all over them. If you can see them, sometimes they, I don't know why I blame the OEMs because the OEMs put all the stickers like right on the side that mounts to the uh, tower. Doesn't make any sense. You want it out where people can see it because it's already mounted. That's the way closeout packages are done. See, I always thought the installation crews should record all that, and they're supposed to, but you still have a closeout package to verify that they did it right. Anyway, TowerTrackerPro.com, do it right in one visit. The first visit, the only visit to the site for your closeout package, TowerTrackerPro.com. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction, because they have a state-accredited school. They're located in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, that area specifically. And they do a great job of training for all your tower safety needs. The other thing that uh, Kathy Brand, who runs a school, Kathy also started an online school called Tech College. And that website is TelTech T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E dot com, hyphen college dot com. And what they do on there, that's where they have their online drone training. They have some first aid training and different training online. Kathy also does a lot of live training for tower safety, for tower climbing, for CPR and things like that. She offers a lot of training out there for specifically wireless communication companies. If you're a tower company that you want to train your climbers to be safe and climb properly, that's the school for you towersafety.com is our main website towersafety.com all one word towersafety.com and our online school is teltech t-e-l-t-e-c-h hyphen college.com and again i have some of my uh, books and things on their website too so it's very exciting for me because i love to see that training i think the more training we can get the better and it's very exciting now back to fixed wireless access Here's what I see for the carriers. I see fixed wireless access as a game changer because suddenly people have an alternative for their business, say small business, and for their homes to get wire to get internet access because that's what it's all about, right? I mean, you already have your phone, and I know a lot of people that tether their phone to get a lot of this access. You know, I do it. I've done it. When I lose power at my house, I use my phone as a hotspot because uh, I have... Uh, I have LTE access at least in my office. I, I don't know what the hell's with LTE access. I have it in some parts of my house, but not others. And I'm not talking about the basement. I mean, I can walk from one room to the other, and it goes to 3G. It's it's bizarre. But I have LTE access in my office, so I can actually use it as a, a hotspot and just turn on the wireless hot, the Wi-Fi hotspot, and bam, my laptop has coverage, which I think is pretty cool. I love the fact you can do that. I mean, I will give these devices credit between Apple, who really, in my opinion, you know, paved the way for Droid and for Motorola and for Windows to create their phones. And it's incredible what you can do with a smartphone nowadays. Used to need a device, but you can use your smartphone. Anyway, I digress. Fixed wireless access is going to be just like that. You're going to have some type of LTE device in your home, and it's going or say in your small business, and it's going to give you internet access in the business, whether it's Wi Fi or LTEU, you'll have access in your building, you could wire up your building too. that's might be what a lot of people do. But I, man, it just doesn't make sense to have wireless access inside and wired access in out or I'm sorry, wireless access from the outside to the inside, then inside your building, you would go with uh, uh, wired access. I mean, let's face it, it's a wireless world. Everybody at this point uses Wi-Fi. Now, me, because I have the cable modem, I do plug in here at the office. It just seems more reliable to have a cable there. But I mean, when I work in other rooms or when I walk around the house or work outside, I unplug. I can take my laptop with me. And the laptop is like, you know, and the smartphone are very similar. It's just I can do a lot more with my laptop than my smartphone. Uh, Although, (laughs) I got to tell you, it's getting close. It's just harder to read the smartphone. It's amazing. Anyway, I digress again. Sorry, fixed wireless access. So when we talk about fixed wireless access, it's going to be everything. You're going to have massive broadband in some cases. And that's really the examples that I bring up for the the small business, say the enterprise, the small enterprise business for the homes. It's going to be massive broadband. Again, this is going to be part of 5G. And it's really something that, Uh, we really expect the carriers to have is uh, fixed wireless access for homes and small businesses. I know I'm going on, it's broadband, that's what we talk about. But you're also going to have IoT, which again, if you think about is going to be a fixed wireless system, because most IoT devices for sensors, for utilities, for business like that, they're going to be fixed devices, they're not going to be moving around vehicles. Yeah, vehicles are going to be mobility. But for a lot of these devices, for pipes, for water pipes, water pressure, gas pipes, gas pressure, alarm systems in buildings, those IoT devices are going to be fixed devices. Augmented reality, maybe uh, when you're in an office or in a home and you have a wireless device, augmented reality might not need the mobility that you need. You know, it's going to be in one room, one area, and it's going to just work there for the massive broadband. And... Um, A lot of mobility is going to rely on this. What I was thinking for these carriers, you could have fixed wireless access and take it with you. If you have, I don't know if it's going to work this way, but it would be really nice if you not only had it in in one home, but you could maybe take it between your business and your home. But I don't know. But it's going to be part of a 5G service. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's going to work. I'm looking forward to how the installation is going to work. Is it going to be an easy installation like your smartphone? Is it going to be something maybe you can stick in the window and then have it work in the building? If you have have cell phone coverage in your office, you you have coverage for this. Or are they – I really don't think it will work that way. I'd love for it to work that way. But I think what they're going to use is either centimeter wave or millimeter wave to really get it to work in the building. Maybe the CBRS. That's how they're going to get the bandwidth you need, because I think the carriers have to compete one-on-one with the cable company. So you're going to need 100 megabits per second to your home reliably. It can't wave up and down. It can't go down through the day when everybody's loading up a tower site. So I think what they're going to do is do more of a small cell rollout, try to hit five or 10 homes at a time, and you're going to either have centimeter weight, like say a 24 gig channel. Uh, I don't see E-band as much because of the penetration issues and the distance and the weather limitations, but maybe E-band, maybe uh, CBRS, that's reliable through a lot of weather, 3.5 gigahertz, that would be awesome. And suddenly in your home, let's say you have 50 megabits per second access reliably throughout the day and throughout the night because people want it in their homes day and night. For a small business, they're going to want at least 100 megabits per second, maybe 500 megabits per second. There, you're probably going to need millimeter wave. Millimeter wave to connect up something like that, and it's going to have to be reliable. So, it's it's an option, right? It's an option that can compete with DSL. It's an option that can compete with the cable companies, and it's an option where you can compete without hooking wires up to the home. I mean, or to the small business, a wireless option. However, I'm coming back to the installation. Is the installation going to be easy? For a small business, probably not. For a small business, they'll probably have to do it. And I'm just going to use a, a, an example here like Dish Network. Look at when they come to a home, they put a dish in, you pay, what, $50 or $150 to get those dishes put on your house. With small business, I think it's going to be like that. I think someone's going to have to come out. They're going to have to put an antenna outside. They're going to have to run the cables inside. It's going to go back to the days when they used um, the ISM band, just like Wi-Fi, when they used Wi-Fi to connect internet to a lot of businesses. And that was big business about 10, 15, I guess 15 years ago now, because I did a lot of that. All of a sudden, people could get internet access wirelessly. This is before DSL was rolled out everywhere, which again, the telecom companies let everybody down. You think they would have had that cost effective overnight, but they didn't. But the cable companies couldn't deploy cost efficiently to a lot of these businesses because they had to run a cable, you know, to a business. which chances are, a lot of the business parks that I worked in, all the cabling was underground. That's why we went wireless. And I know I did a lot of college campuses where what they would do, they would run fiber, or whatever they could get, whatever internet access they could get to the main building. And then we would shoot it wirelessly to every other building to like all the dorms on campus. That was the system we set up and that was unlicensed, and it worked well. People were happy, but they got, they got unhappy with the bottleneck. You had college kids, right? Every college kid out there went to look at video way before it was popular with, you know, us adults. They were looking at video and there was a choke because A lot of these companies thought, oh, I'll put in a few T1s. Well, that didn't cut it. One, two, three, four T1s. I mean, look at what we're doing now. 100 megabits per second to the home. (laughs) That's what we're talking about now. That's huge. That's why fiber is still the backbone. So back to my original questions, now that we've got into this a little bit. What is fixed wireless access? It's high-speed internet access to a building, but it could be a low-speed internet access to a fixed thing for IoT, Internet of Things. That's what fixed wireless access, FWA is. What is the future of fixed wireless? It's going to boom here in 2018. It just is. We have CBRS coming out. We have 18, 24 gig being repurposed as 5G bands. It's going to boom. Now, what was my next question? Will FWA replace fiber to the home? I don't think it'll necessarily replace it, but I think people that don't have fiber to the home or maybe even people that don't have cable access to the home, it's going to be another option, right? And I think it is going to compete with the cable companies. I think the cable companies are going to see an effect from this, a dent in their business. I just do. Will it replace fiber to the X, which is fiber to anywhere? Now nah, we still need fiber. Like small cells still need fiber. They need a wireless backhaul, but eventually you're going to hit a fiber hub somewhere, so, fiber is going to really take off on the backbone. I think it's going to take off because you're going to need more and more bandwidth everywhere. But wireless is going to give us options to get to the home without digging up the ground. Like the development I live in, all the cables are underground, right? So, for someone new to come in here, like Fios or Uverse, they couldn't do it. Well, they could do it, but it would cost a lot of money. It's not cost effective. And I'm going to bitch about price. You know what I mean? I'm going to say, you know, I, I don't want to pay 500 a month just to get fiber to the home. I just don't. I don't want to pay that. I, I don't like paying what I pay the cable company. <laughs> my God, it's a lot of money. I want to pay less. And if wireless can give me a cost-effective plan to the home, yeah, I would pay that. As long as I can get internet to multiple devices in the home for my home business. And that's where a lot of people do business now at home. So... It's something to think about. So we're not going to replace fiber, just fiber to the home. That's what I see. And look at Google. Google even bailed on fiber to the home because it just wasn't cost effective. And the other thing is, one of the things that fiber had a problem with, or Google fiber, or Google to the home, whatever Google calls it now, but they didn't realize about the competition. You can't just go out and connect to every pole. It's not that easy. People have rights to the polls. The polls have rights. Like the cable company could be on it. I know in a, a couple cities, you know, Uverse or Fios are on it. They generally sign contracts where they have exclusivity or right of refusal. Now, what poll owner would do that is beyond me, like especially power polls. You think they would be a little more savvy than that. But if the city owns a poll, a lot of cities just didn't know better. Now they do. They're learning, they're getting smarter and smarter. But uh, and, and by that, I mean they know they get a few dollars for every poll. So they should let as many fiber companies on those poles as possible. Might look ugly, and that's something they got to think about, but it should be up to whoever owns the pole, not to the people on the pole. Let me tell you something. If the cable companies don't own the poles and they want to attach to your poles and they say, but we want exclusivity, charge them 10 times what you would charge them normally and see if they still want exclusivity. If they're willing to pay 10 times the price, I'd give them exclusivity. <laughs> but just think about the big picture. Think about who you're excluding. Think about when the residents want Google Fiber and they just can't get it because they aren't allowed to go underground or the, the possibility of going underground isn't there and they can't get on any poles. Then what are they going to do? That's why Google so it in favor of this wireless setup. Plus, it's going to promote a lot of competition, I think, the way the wireless is going to be done. I don't think the carriers will have exclusivity, which... Makes me excited. I love the more players, the better. I'd like to see the small businessman have a real shot at owning their own wireless system and getting in on this. I think it's exciting. They did it with Wi-Fi. They did it in the ISM band. Why not do it here? Okay, I digress. Well, I guess not. I guess that was part of it. So when I talk about these other bands, I want you to think about what the FCC is opening up for 5G, like the 28 gigahertz band which is 27.5 to 28.35 gigahertz. The 37 gigahertz band, which is 37 to 38.6 gigahertz. And the 39 gigahertz band, which is 38.6 to 40 gigahertz. This is something that we can use. It's real. It's out there. We're going to use it. The FCC is going to release it for 5G. It's very exciting. And also, there's 7 gigahertz of unlicensed spectrum in the 64 to 71 gigahertz band, which is really, I think that's E-band. It's very high. It's affected by weather, but it's a great option. You know, it's just something that's there that anybody can put in. Very short hops, very, very short, probably well under a mile. So I want you to think it. So you got to run fiber within a mile of these buildings. However, if they have multi-point devices for this, which I think a lot of OEMs are working on, think about what you can do. It's really, I think it's going to be a game changer, but hey, what do I know? (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping. You know, I'm hoping more players can get in. That's what I'm hoping for. So I'm looking forward to having a fixed wireless rollout. Fixed wireless access is very uh, exciting to me, but all the carriers are looking at it. Even Sprint, they see opportunity here. They see a new business market. T-Mobile, they have so much spectrum now because they want a lot in the 600 megahertz spectrum. Maybe they can do something with that. And I think that's what some carriers are going to push for. Sprint has a ton of 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. You, they, This is such an opportunity for them to make a difference in the wireless world if they can afford to, if they if they really commit to it. But the only thing, I, I got to be honest with you, I haven't seen Sprint committed to anything lately that hasn't had to do with just paying down the debt. I, I just don't see it. Hey, they, they have a lot of issues to deal with. They're trying to clean up their network. They got their hands full, but they have the spectrum. They have such opportunity. So I'm hoping SmartBank makes a difference here. But the carriers, they're pushing to get this to the public. I think they'll probably start with small business, figure out the lessons learned, and then trickle it down to uh, the consumer like you and me, which is odd because the consumer is a bulk of their market, I would think. I mean, I have a smartphone. I have two in my house. My kids have smartphones. They're paying their own bills now. But we all have smartphones. You'd think they would try to, something to resonance. Now, I know AT&T has been trying to work with fixed wireless. They just haven't had the spectrum or the opportunity or, or the technology till now. And quite frankly, the OEMs aren't exactly helping them big time. The OEMs really have to commit to something. Something that can compete with cable. Something that can give you more than a few megabits per second. When I'm, They need at least 50 megabits per second to the house reliably. They can't just peak there. They need something that can handle that kind of traffic reliably. Will they need it all the time? No. So moving on, I believe that one gigabits per second is possible. I mean, we all heard about Sprint's test where they had 700 megabits per second reliably. Verizon and AT&T had a gig reliably using different bands. So it's coming. It's, it's almost there. And I have links put in my blog about each of this, where, we, where they have AT&T and T-Mobile and Sprint, they all promised one gigabit per second in 2017 from bgr.com. I have uh, where it explains what Verizon has done and they see one gigabit per second and uh, an article from RCR Wireless. So you can get on there. I have where Sprint promises a gigabit per second from Fierce Wireless and where T-Mobile hits nearly a gigabit per second from Wireless Week. All those links are in there. You can read about all of them. Now, the fixed wireless solution, it's here now and it's being tested. It's just not rolled out to the public. And like I said, I get quite a bit of bandwidth from Comcast. They're going to have to compete with the cable company business-wise. And also residential-wise, small businesses want this. I'm telling you, they're excited. They're chomping at the bit because then maybe they can move from office to office without all the hassles of a cable company wondering what's at the other office. But with that said, if Verizon rolls out like something in the 24 gigahertz band and that's their only option for fixed wireless, are they going to put it everywhere? You would expect it everywhere. So might have all the same problems that the cable company has there might not be a lot of change now the next question how cost effective is it going to be to have fixed wireless access over the other technologies i see this as a great thing the carriers have an opportunity to come in at a lower cost and if anything they can drive the cable costs down 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 are they going to do that? You know, I don't know. Everything's expensive at first till they get a mass rollout. So I don't know how they're going to be cost effective. I just don't. It's just something that they have to work out. And here's where I really see them pushing to be cost effective on the installation, which, which sucks for us, right? Because we're in the deployment industry. We all want to get paid fairly for what we do, but they're going to have to subsidize the installations. That's the way I see it or they're going to have to give it away or build it into the monthly cost, something like that, which, by the way, is what the, tel- teleco, the telco companies did. They had to build it into the installation, into the engineering. They had to build everything in to the monthly cost. That's just the way it is. That's why the prices were generally higher. Plus, they had very expensive costs. You know, It was very expensive for them to do anything, it seemed. That's why the cable companies had such an opportunity, because cable companies did a lot of things cost-effectively, And much cheaper than telephone companies could. They weren't structured. They didn't have to deal with the unions. They didn't have to deal with contract negotiations for most of their workers. They could go out, put everything in. And then once you're in with a cable company, you're wired to the house. There is no competition. Do you hear me? Once the cables connected to your house, the only competition they had to worry about was DSL and they squashed it because telecom couldn't do it. They couldn't do it over the crappy copper that's out there. Sorry. I just, you know, it's just amazing to me, but they have to make it really easy to hook up just like they do the phone. Now, there's some other things I brought up in here. Again, Ledger, John Ledger of T-Mobile. I heard an interview with him and how he's preparing his infrastructure to compete with wireless and cable. And he says how they should be scared. And I agree with that. I agree with that. He should not. Here's what I like about his vision. He's not just looking at AT&T and Verizon. Even though he pounds them every day, they're the competition. They're the other boxers in the ring, and he's just going to keep hitting them beyond where they bleed till they actually go down. He doesn't care if their eyes are swollen shut. He wants them down and out. I give him credit for that. But now he's looking at who are the other competitors. It's the cable companies. He's looking at them next. So I'm telling you, Comcast, Time Warner, I'm drawing a blank on all the other ones. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of cable companies. I've just drawn a blank. I'm sorry, guys. But he's looking at all these cable companies. Now he sees a whole new ring of competitors. You know, it's like the old days of uh, the Wrestling Federation where they had like eight wrestlers in one ring. All just pounding on each other. So that's something to think about. He sees it, and I congratulate him for one thing that he sees this competition and he has the vision to know that the carriers have to go beyond what they're doing now. And they have to stop just competing against each other. They're competing against everybody. That's something I hope the FCC sees it. The FCC needs to see beyond what the competition is. I'm going to use an example here. Like when XM and Sirius wanted to merge, the FCC is like, well then there's no competition. And all I could think about when I heard that is like, are you guys High? I mean do you think that they just compete with each other is that all there is I mean don't they see they have to compete with iTunes they have to compete with over the air radio they with with you know what we know is traditional radio they have to compete with all the online radio stations man i'm telling you i'm in in my opinion i'm glad the regime changed and i commissioner pie i hope you do a great job because you see the competition you know it's there and you know you know you're not like these podcasts are competing with radio, with Sirius XM with everybody. I mean you're listening to this I'm hoping on your phone and you subscribed on iTunes but it's more competition than it used to be and I, I give um, John Ledger a lot of credit for seeing that so anyway, I rambled on. I want you to understand. There's a lot of things going on. Oh, I want to congratulate T-Mobile and their 600 megahertz win. Uh, they won a lot of Spectrum Nationwide, and which is good for all of us, right? Because now they're going to deploy not just in the urban markets like they've been pretty much for the past couple of years, but now they're going to really make a push to hit get the entire country, which is good for all the um, all the rural markets, I would say. It's good for everyone who does business there. The other thing is the cable companies, DISH, Everyone, they're going to see a lot of competition. AT&T took over DISH. I think that's an amazing thing. I just do because it's going to be one of those things where AT&T now can offer not only wireless TV, they can also offer wireless internet access with these new bands. It's going to be a little tougher out in the rural areas, but they're AT&T. They'll figure it out. Comcast, probably a little nervous. Verizon, probably excited about the new business as well as Sprint is. All right, everybody. Remember, I have the 5G handbook, the 5G deployment handbook with business cases and some deployment ideas in there. I have the LTE deployment handbook to help you out with your LTE deployment needs for small cell CRAN, and DAS. I have the scope of work training. I have the tower climbing book. And I also want you to remember the Hubble Foundation who does so much to help climbers' families in the time of their need, like when they're hurt, when they're, they're suffering, when they're having problems, that's what they're there for in the Tower Family Foundation, again, to help the families of the fallen climbers. I appreciate those. Hubble, H U B B L E Foundation org, and Tower Family Foundation org. Just type in Tower Family Foundation org. Just type in Hubble, H U B B L E Foundation org. Hubble was named after the fallen climber Hubble that, that died when the tower collapsed. And it, he didn't fall off the tower. What happened was a truck backed into a guy line and knocked one of the guy wires out. Just an accident, just a freak accident. Took the whole tower down, and he was about 75 foot up. He was actually coming down, and the tower collapsed. I believe two men died that day. All right, everyone. Be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya! folks. It's available. The 5G Deployment Plan. That's right. The 5G Deployment Plan Handbook. I have the ebook out there for you in Amazon paperback, a full color eight and a half by 11 inch version, the Amazon Kindle version, the full PDF on Selfie and the full PDF on Gumroad. It's all about the 5G deployment. Go to wade 4 and look for 5G Deployment Plan. It's in there just for you.